Well, happy 4th of July weekend to everybody and welcome to the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Susan Littlefield. No surprise, we're going to talk about this big report that came out on Thursday and how the markets reacted. We know the stumble that took place on Friday in the grain complex, but flip that around and the higher numbers we saw in the livestock. Add to it, are we really that short bought or maybe that current in the north? that we're having to go to the South to buy some cattle. We're gonna take a look at that and a whole lot more on this week's episode. It may be small, but this little bean fuels a lot of power. It powers a food industry as a top source of protein. It's a fuel that powers diesel engines with fewer emissions. It powers a state economy and bottom lines, and it powers the rest of the world as a top Nebraska export. Yeah, it may be small, but we're finding more ways for this little bean to power Nebraska. And welcome back once again. As you can see, joining me is Mike Zuzlo. He's with Global Commodity Analytics and Jeff Peterson with Heartland Farm Partners. And gentlemen, to say this was an interesting week in the markets kind of sums it up. But before we jump into the USDA report, Mike, I did want to start with you because you shared with us, and I'm going to share it with our viewers as well and our listeners, uh, this picture of, of corn that is definitely seeing some struggles out there. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting because this was at the very end of the week that a client in north central Indiana sent me this, and it's irrigated corn. Um, he was showing me the dry land corners and how much they're getting burned up out there. And I, it kind of felt like kind of icing on the cake for this week, Susan. We had the crop conditions. We saw significant drops in states like Kentucky and Ohio and Indiana. Um, we, we saw the overall crop conditions not meet the trade expectations. And then we had the drought monitor come out where the Midwest portion of the Corn Belt, which includes Ohio and Iowa and Illinois and Indiana and Kentucky as well, that jumped 20%. And we're now at 44% drought compared to uh, last year's 48%. So we're almost at last year's drought level in the heart of the Corn Belt in terms of east of the Mississippi River. And then we had the USDA acreage and stocks report um, did not change the dynamic of the market. It leaned lower all week long for the most part. And then I got this picture from the client on Friday in Indiana. And I thought to myself, you know, the biggest issue for me right now is this trade is just not caring about supply. They're caring about demand. They're caring about investment demand. They're caring about the macro side of the markets. They're caring about Federal Reserve policy. And I think a big difference in distinction of in your intro kind of says it. We had strong livestock markets, weak grain markets this week. What's the difference between those two? And I think it really does boil down to the export demand. We can't find export demand in the grains and, and the soybeans now, whereas the meats just keep rolling. All right, we'll talk more about that here in just a moment. Jeff, I wanted to get your thoughts, too, before we jump into this USDA report. You have producers as well have been sharing some, some interesting uh, crop production issues. Yeah, there definitely is. And as you go out there, there's, depending on the pocket you're in, there are definitely some very dry pockets out there. And, and I really feel, feel for those in those areas. You know, we've got up in northeast Nebraska going on up into northwest Iowa, catching southwest Minnesota. And then you move out into the eastern Corn Belt and you have some very dry pockets. And, and what Mike was mentioning out in Indiana is some very dry conditions out there. And I would agree completely with what Mike's touching on, that the market's really not looking at any of those conditions. And 
what it's really looking ahead is it's looking ahead to, so to the forecast and what it looks like going to be some additional showers come through. But the key thing is going to be as we come in after the 4th of July is that those rains did materialize or look like they're on still on the radar if they haven't fallen yet. All right. There's a lot of folks questioning. I saw it on social media as they looked at those numbers of Thursday. So, Jeff, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on those acreage numbers moving into the future? You know, it was interesting. So let's just kind of take a look. Uh, we dig into the NAS number. And at, at the time that they went ahead and put out the survey, there was still about 4 million acres of corn to be planted, about 15 million acres of soybeans. And, you know, there was definitely some uncertainty out there because we know that NAS is going to come back in and they're going to resurvey in July. They're going to take a look at North Dakota, South Dakota, and Minnesota acres. As we dig a little bit deeper into um, those numbers, we think they're pretty close on North Dakota, though. As much as I, I, I thought that there'd even be more prevent plant up there, and how we're kind of arriving at that, Susan, is that when we look at the principal planted crops for North Dakota, you know, and we compare 2022 back to 2021, they're down about 2 million acres. We think there could be about another 500,000 acres um, that could probably go prevent plant up in North Dakota. We think after they survey those numbers and they ask, you know, and then that gets worked into the WASDE report, that looks like that will happen as we get out into the August report. We think overall our acres will come down slightly, maybe 500,000 to 700,000 acres across corn, soybeans, and wheat, um, which we think that'll mean that corn acres come down, you know, a little bit more. And we, we could see some slight adjustments with soybeans also, but that's kind of what we're looking at right now, Susan. Mike, for you, as you looked over that report and all the data that came out with it, any surprises that you saw that might affect our grain producers? Well, I think Jeff hit the main one with the soybeans and, and kind of, I think the trade kind of just broad brushed over the acreage number in soybeans because USDA said they were going to take a look at it again and update us in August. So we kind of had to take away, I think, at that point, Susan, the premium the soybeans had been taking. Uh, advantage of in this market. And I think the other thing that I think the report reflected and showed me in terms of price action, once again, the soybeans hit a price level. I think they turned to the corn and the wheat for help. They took us higher in the soy complex after the reports came out. The corn and wheat did not follow suit. And I think that was kind of a signal that you've got to have all three going up and down together at this point, especially going up together at these price levels and especially these price levels for the uh, the soybeans. And I think to try and navigate around the stocks report, we still have unanswered, even though we have 26% more soybeans than we did a year ago, we still have a terrific July note bean spread over $2. And we still have a pretty terrific uh, July D's corn spread upwards of about, I think, a 130, uh, 144 actually where we closed on uh, Friday. And, and so we still have this really strong cash basis, especially in the corn market, that is suggesting to the marketplace, the real marketplace, there's a tight supply out here and we better get the new crop supplies that we need. And I think that's going to have to be rectified at some point. I think Jeff's right on the money about next week's rains. All right, as we continue here at the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoffs. If the rains don't come, or they're delayed and hit different areas. What type of struggle? And is this really going to be a, a post-4th of July weather-related market? I'm going to ask both of you. And Mike, we'll start with you. I don't know if the market will take advantage of a 2012-type scenario. I think that if we miss these rains, I've heard from about 10 clients in those states I mentioned, Susan, and 
they're all telling me they're going to lose a lot of their crop if they don't get some kind of rains. And if that's the case, then the 177 and 51 and a half national yield numbers are off the table. And if that's the case, I think the floor gets put in on the beans and the corn. Do we get the market to jump? I think that goes right back to the wheat. It goes right back to the copper. Notice that the wheat is down 40% from its highs at this point. Corn and beans only down 10%. Jeff, what are you thinking? Well, so as we come in, um, you know, as we dig in, if the rains wouldn't fall, um, the market would would bounce in here because there would be concern about the fact that we've got, you know, topsoil and subsoil conditions that are tightening up. Uh, last week, because we ran our numbers, we showed that's basically on the topsoil side, about 37% of the corn and soybean acres on the topsoil side. Keep in mind, that's a top six inches. You know, we're setting in a short to very short. And and condition and, and you've got some areas as you go out there and look at rainfall in many areas as you're in Indiana and, and back across parts of Illinois, you know, for the, the last two weeks are as dry as they've been. But one of the things that concerns me and, and I've been pretty bullish on this market and thinking that the you know, going back uh, probably to two weeks ago on Friday and where it looked like we had a hot dry setup and we had a ridge. There's been a few things that have changed out there. And now we're sitting here coming in, looks like there's some rainfall. I do think we have to have the discussion, Susan, but what if the rains do fall? And, and the, if the rains do fall and they come across out of Minnesota, on across into Iowa, you know, snag parts of Illinois, unfortunately, I don't think they're going to catch much of Indiana. So they're going to stay out there. And, and as we know, this time of year, these rains, they don't give you great coverage. They do give you spotting coverage. But what I am seeing on the weather forecasts that we follow and the advisors is that there, there are some additional rain chances that are out there. And so those, if those would materialize, I do get concerned that we could see a little bit of a pullback in the market yet. That could take us down a little lower. Then the key is going to be after that, just those great points that Mike brought up, you know, in regard to, you know, what's people going to be thinking about the yield? What do we get some through some follow through from some of the other commodities after that, Susan? All right. From a from a livestock perspective, we hear how tight the supplies are in the north and that folks are going to the south to buy cattle. What does that mean, Mike, for this trade? Well, I think after the hogs and pigs report and the fact that we're not going to build any farrowing intentions anytime soon or any uh, female numbers anytime soon, I don't see any changes in this current market structure, Susan. I think we're still going to have a market where the droughty areas through a lot of lightweight young cattle and calves into the market and that's why we're probably doing a little bit better in kansas as far as um, not needing to push out a lot and being able to feed out a little bit more um, but i think you've got this situation now where the supplies of poultry the supplies of pork and now the supplies of cattle as we grind through summer uh, are just going to get tighter and tighter and tighter and you know the dress weights continue to lose three to four pounds a week I think the last look, we were five pounds below last year at this point in the cattle. Fortunately, we're up double digits in hogs, but animal numbers are much tighter in the hogs. I think we're down 4% on actual slaughter year to date. So my take is, is that the packers are going to find wherever they have to the, the necessary uh, beef because the packer margins are so much better. So I continue to look for this type of basis play in the north versus the south going to be some interesting times. We hit the second half, hard to believe, of 2022. Thanks for both of you joining us. The show went really fast today. You bet. Thanks a lot, Susan.
Happy Independence Day, you too. Binder, 4th of July, markets are closed, and commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That's the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup right here on the Rural Radio Network.